0: This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing. Your local digital marketing agency.
1: Why, hello. Welcome. Thanks for listening. This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. I'm Peter Gowers. Hope you've had a great week. Let's get to the NT Independent online newspaper. Have a chat now with Chris Walsh, the editor. Walshie, hello there.
0: Hey, Pete. Good to see you again.
1: You too, my friend. Had a good week so far? Uh,
0: Yeah, well, Parliament's on, so there's always going to (laughs) be some level of uh, of mischief and mayhem going on. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what we've seen.
1: (laughs) Well, that works nicely because uh, the first story tells me that the um, Files government have refused to declare conflicts of interest as the ICAC Act amendments have been passed.
0: Yeah, Pete, yeah, this is not a good look As no. they talk about optics and politics and things like that. Um, this goes, of course, to, well, look, th- these amendments that they've talked about for a while now, uh, finally uh, coming to Parliament, I guess they were introduced in late August. Uh, they were up for debate and to be passed. On Tuesday, um, now, of course, this all started with, uh, well, look, we know, firstly, that uh, they're under investigation, you know, Gunner government, um, yeah. Gunner, some other ministers involved in these campaign flights that happened with taxpayer funds during the 2020 election campaign. That's going on. There's no secret about that. That's been an ongoing investigation that I guess other state media don't want to report on. But, you know, we know that this is happening. We know that there are uh, people like like the attorney general, Chancy Paik, was on those flights, um so it it gets a little uncomfortable i think for people when you have a government who is under investigation and then changing the rules of what those kind of investigations might entail right and so and and so that was kind of the the problem that was raised and it was raised by robin lamley um she got up and said i want to make a motion uh to suspend debate uh, and for these ministers who are under investigation or any members over there with labor, um, mm. so that they recuse themselves, uh, from having, from debating this, this legislation because it could affect them. And, and, yeah. that, you know, and that's a valid point. And of course, so then there was technically she wasn't allowed to, uh, to actually make that motion. So she asked, like, across the aisle, get somebody, over there do this so gerard manley the deputy leader of the clp said yeah okay i'll do it so they put the motion forward uh they did a division of lost 14 to 9 they used their numbers um to keep them in and then it's you know and then the debate goes on and one of the key issues here pete that we that we picked up on in the uh the draft legislation that was submitted to the public back in may was that it says essentially Uh, that the ICAC can no longer, must not report the names of any person essentially involved in anything less than corruption. So you've got misconduct and unsatisfactory conduct and uh, violations of the Information Commissioner Act and other things. but, But essentially... You know, we sent that to uh, A.J. Brown, a a national um, leading academic on anti-corruption bodies. And he said, this is, you remember, we did this story back in July and we talked about it. And he said, this is quite weird by national standards. And we said, national standards? What the hell does that mean? We don't know what that means. We
1: don't have standards up here. What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) So, you know, the whole issue, and it was it was unusual, and we'll talk more about it Um on the weekend. But look, Lamley raised that because she said, look, this is an issue now. And if you're going to do this, so you can't be named. And if this has some sort of retrospectivity to it, there's conflicts here. I mean, there's a general conflict anyway, and just that perception of of these people changing the the rules while they're being investigated. But she said specifically even in that. And so then they said, well, no, 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 you're wrong about that. And so they did the division of 14-9, and then Files tried to placate everyone later, saying, well, I think some of you may have voted against this, but uh, for that, Um, but you don't understand it's actually not going to be us MLAs will be named. So I had to go back and look, Pete. They've changed it, and we're going to talk about this more. The August 31st draft submission that they made public said he cannot name any person who engages in anything less than corruption. That was then altered at the first reading that they did on August 31st. They changed it, and they didn't tell anybody that. And so that's what they ended up passing. So look, on, on that side, it's a good thing that MLAs will. Yeah. But then there's questions about what about the CEOs? What about senior executives? What about ministerial advisors, right? Like all of this seems to be passed to protect people from being named in ICAC reports who may have done something wrong. So there's still serious concerns about that. There were some interesting things said during debate, and we'll get into that on the weekend from Lamley and also from um, uh, another independent former labor member, Mark Turner. Um, really blasted the government on their integrity issues around this and, um, and then it was interesting just to see who did get up and speak on it but maybe even more interesting who didn't <laughs> yeah. although they didn't declare any conflicts of interest it was yeah. interesting the chance to take uh, did not rise, even though being the attorney general. Now, normally, Pete, if you're if you're going to do a review of of an act like this, you would actually do it through the attorney general's office. Yeah. For some reason, this act was allowed to be done through the chief minister's office, which is very unusual. And then the attorney general had nothing to say about it, which
1: was strange. The, the uh, definition of the expression "the silence was deafening." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think given that the request was put in there for anyone to declare conflicts of interest, given uh, his uh, express involvement or otherwise in relation to one of the things that's much been talked about, mm. I, thought it, I thought it was staggering that he didn't speak, but I also thought it was staggering that somebody else did speak, and we will talk about that in detail <laughs> on the weekend.
0: Yeah, and we'll also get into what what, what Turner said too, but about 14 to 9. So if any of those people who voted against that amendment to declare their conflicts of interest or that motion to declare the conflicts of interest, they may have a very serious issue on their hands as well.
1: Conflict of interest. (laughs)
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) And Chris, uh, in other news this week, uh, the DPP has refused to comment on failed charges against a reporter uh, as well as other embarrassing cases that we've talked a lot about this year.
0: Yeah, and we we weren't able to get around to that. It happened a couple of weeks ago now, but... uh georgie dickerson i believe her name is she's a reporter with channel nine here in town and so you know she was charged with impersonating a police officer which is a bizarre charge and we thought Mm -hmm. well that's really weird what's going on there well you know long story short i guess she had tried to access some or obtain some footage cctv footage from a service station where uh actually mark turner (laughs) had done a citizen's arrest the night before (laughs) And um, the guy gave it to her and then, you know, that was against his company's policy and the police showed up and the guy said, oh, someone said they were from police. So they launched this investigation that takes months and months and unknown resources and then determined that uh, they're going to charge her with impersonating a police officer, though at no time did she ever say anything. And in fact, you know, the judge threw it out of court, essentially saying this is ridiculous. You're basing this on. Um, the lines from the witness that are uh, and that he was evasive and unreliable and this is the the clerk who gave it to her the the attendant who knew that he was in violation of his own company's privacy laws or whatever their rules are around the disclosure of those cctv stuff so the judge found look he may have been trying to hold on to his job by saying that she claimed she was a cop there was no evidence. There was no corroborating witnesses. There was no corroborating evidence. It was uh, uh, essentially just this one witness who she found to be unreliable. So the judge found uh, Dickerson not guilty um, and kind of questioned why they would pursue the case, the director of public prosecutions at the office there. Um, uh, and, and we haven't got any answers on that. You know, we sent questions to Lloyd Babb. He did not respond. It took a couple of days to think about it, I guess. But look, Pete, you know, we've talked about this before, and we'll get into this a lot more on the weekend, but there's serious issues in there in the office of the DPP, and you look at these failures, and you start to ask yourself, and the question has to be posed to them, is this part of malicious prosecutions? Is this part of malicious investigations being underdone by police? We know that this uh, uh, police force, the executive, has serious issues with dealing with media. Is this something that they kind of trumped up? I mean, the judge basically found that they shouldn't have pursued this, they they didn't have enough evidence but you mix that in with um, um, I'm thinking of Chelsea Rogers down there in Alice Springs, now she was the media advisor to the police that they accused of, uh, of um, uh, disseminating confidential information. They've had to throw that case out in the middle of trial because they didn't have enough evidence. So, But it still went to trial. And then you've got the bigger ones that we know about. we got the, um, the, the Zach Rolfe thing where investigations are still going on or starting now um, into the evidence that was uh, allegedly tampered with in that case. And the witnesses being used that the previous DPP said, do not use under any circumstances when then used. So that's a weird one. And of course, calling. One of the most high profile is going to cost this place a lot of money um, thrown out of court two days in. Uh, But due to insufficient evidence, there's something wrong in the office of the DPP. So, anyway, we'll explore that a bit more because there's a lot of things going on there and a lot to talk about.
1: Sounds good. And in breaking news, uh, just word in that uh, I believe charges are pending for um, some ministers who are going to be charged with impersonating a government minister.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there, yeah. Well, good luck getting the police to pursue that one of the DPP. (laughs) Let them walk. And if they were just normal people, and then the charges would be pursued. But,
1: uh,
0: yeah, yeah know, there should be something like that going on.
1: Anyway. And, Chris, uh, just lastly, uh, Fugitive Loose. And um, the police said don't approach while not actually telling anyone that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Uh he, this is really frustrating. And then we talk about issues and, and the media and the police there, their their media unit, I mean, clearly screwing up a lot of things here. And, um, you know, meanwhile, they're still looking for, I think, a, a full-time media person there for 250000 a year. They got to be better than this. So they put out a statement uh, warning the public that, um, you know, this dangerous offender's on the loose and not to approach him. Uh, but they didn't say, they'd given his name, but they didn't provide a description of this guy at all. And they also failed to tell the public that they actually tried to arrest him. They brought in TRG with um, the bear cat they called it, that was in another house. So they said he broke into a house with a gun. And then for some reason he he fled there. He ended up at another house in Karama. They took the bear cat in there. Um, TRG stormed the place and somehow he evaded them. He mysteriously disappeared. He's on the loose. He's got a gun. They don't tell people for two days. And then they don't give a description. And now this morning they put out a thing on, on Wednesday morning. Saying, um, oh yeah, here's what he looks like. By the way, don't don't approach him. <laughs> I, I guess they thought that we just would see him with a gun or something. I I don't know. This is really bad. And we get to that point where you know something's going to happen sometime when they're the, the you know suppressing information that we've we've said many times on here and the public have a right to know about. Him, and this is just really bad. That they're, they're covering up things here, and not telling people the full story or how dangerous he is. And and you know further than that to that the, the, they had a cop on um Katie. Wolf show today. And uh, she said to him, so what did this guy do? I mean, he's done something. He's a dangerous offender. Uh, He did something real bad. Katie. And that was it. And Katie (laughs) left it at that. I think he said it was something serious. He said, oh, he's done done a serious crime. And she thought, okay, well, I better not pursue this anymore. Public doesn't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. But but what did he do? Did he commit a violent act against somebody he didn't know? That is information that the public needs to know, especially while this dangerous offender's on the loose. She didn't bother asking. He didn't bother providing that information so um here we are just kind of scrambling things together and trying to get more information more information yeah exactly now woody's woody's done a good job going back and finding um some of the things this guy's been convicted for in the past i mean he's not a yeah he's not a guy you do want to run into and if you do see him um don't approach him uh but yeah, but the, the, the police media have to do a much better job of informing the public of this kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. And I also heard, Chris, that uh, Peter from The Family Guy will no longer be allowed to run uh, police investigations in the NT after the Bearcat incident. <laughs> <laughs> he led that one up the garden path. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Pete. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll catch you on weekends with Walshy.
0: Yeah, man. And look, we're going to be talking about some other stuff. Uh, there's speculation and it keeps getting hotter and hotter that there's going to be a reshuffle announced soon, but we'll we'll get into that uh, soon enough. And um, yeah, we'll see see you on the weekend.
1: Sounds good, mate. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent. He'll be back again next week on the News Bite. Of course, Weekends with Walsh, he'll be out Saturday morning around 7 a.m. And uh, we'll catch you next week on the Territory Story Podcast News Bites.
0: That was the Territory Story News Bites for this week. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.